I'm Spencer. I'm Weston. And this is a special edition of This is the End Zone. Hey, fellas, hey, fellas. Get ready to rock, get ready to rock. Turbo, set! Weston, how you doing, bud? Doing pretty good. I've been taking it easy lately. Got back from a trip to Mexico and then immediately got COVID, so got to take a little bit more time off work. Uh, COVID, not so fun, but very restful. Yeah, I can't say I've had it yet. Well, I haven't been tested positive for yet, although Mm -hmm. I'm convinced I've had it. Uh, For me, I just slept a lot and had a really bad fever, but uh, other than that, yeah. Yeah, I was really looking forward to, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have to go into work. That was the day when I was sort of like getting the symptoms. I tested positive before I really felt awful. Uh, the next day I slept for about 16 hours. Uh, and then the day <laughs> after that, I, I didn't sleep for that long. But anytime I tried to do something, I would lose focus after about 10 minutes. So mm. really did not have kind of the... I was just sort of angry the entire time that I felt so shitty. Um, can we can we swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> I, I put, a, I put a, a rating on it for... It's a... Nice. It's a, it's a I don't know, not R-rated pod, ex- explicit podcast. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, so um, definitely uh, not not a fun experience. Um, far too many tissues gave their lives in service to me feeling some semblance of humanity. Given those symptoms, though, I might I might have had COVID for like the last three, four years. <laughs> Is that your everyday experience? You should, <laughs> you should see somebody, man. Sleeping that much? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's jump into it. Um, today we want to talk a little bit, we're, we're going to go back to last episode and do the opposite, which Tyler really didn't want to do. We're going to do an NFC team draft, um, and then give you some hot sauce lists, hot takes, I d- and I, we'll see what else crops up along the way. I don't understand why Tyler is a Rams fan. Why would he not want to immediately make the case for why they're going to go back-to-back Super Bowl repeats? Like, So I think that's easy for him. <laughs> The issue that Tyler faces is that he, once you get beyond like team six or like once you get to the Niners in the draft, Tyler's like, okay, Niners, maybe, maybe not a playoff team. And then after that, he's like, none of these are playoff teams. Does that have any interest? Yeah. 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 No interest in them. But by definition, somebody, like we've been saying for the last four years, somebody from the NFC East has to be in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Somebody mm-hmm. has to. I mean, same way that someone from the AFC South kind of has to be in the playoffs. <laughs> um, the AFC South produces watchable football. The eh. NFC East produces. <laughs> Something. The Cowboys and sometimes the sometimes Eagles. Sometimes the Eagles. I mean, they have produced a oh a Super Bowl champion, I don't know, sooner than the AFC South has. Or, sorry, the NFC South has. And the, not the AFC East, AFC West. I guess they've produced one more recently than the West. That's right. Any any year could and be the their AFC year. the AFC North. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, so maybe, they, maybe this year could be the year for one of those teams, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Cool. So uh, to recap for everyone, the rules on the NFC team draft is we're going to draft uh, teams from the NFC West, East, North, and South, plus all three wildcard spots, and we're going to go snake draft style. So whoever has the first pick drafts first, the second pick drafts second and third, then the first person drafts the fourth pick, and so on and so forth. We'll try to keep track of it as we go along. And if you hear typing, it's because I am taking notes on my keyboard, which is very close to my mic. And Weston, since you're the guest, you want the first overall pick? Sure. Okay. I was thinking about what I was going to do for this. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win the NFC South. Um, it's not a controversial pick, I think. Tampa Bay was a very solid team last year in what I think we agree is generally a weak conference. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't expect that they've gotten any worse. I loved their draft. I thought that they did an excellent job of drafting. They they didn't have a lot of needs. I think that they drafted to address what few needs they had and also to kind of reinforce and build towards the future. Um, We've seen Brady convince even more veterans to come and see if maybe they've got something left in the tank for one more run this year. Got Julio. I don't think they got Julio. They got they got Akeem Hicks, didn't they? Um, Oh, I wasn't aware of that one, but yeah, that didn't surprise that wouldn't surprise me. um, And you know, like it can be kind of like a Von Miller to LA situation last year. They don't need to do everything because the team was already stocked at a lot of these positions. But if they can contribute even as role players. 
Um, you know, those are still guys who have been around the game for a long time and mm-hmm. really savvy. Uh, I don't think Brady's fallen off at all. Um, I interpret the coaching shuffle as Brady wanting more control over the offense. I know that Leftwich is still the offensive coordinator, but like, I mean, let's be real. Tom Brady doesn't need an offensive coordinator. Like, um, he's he's reached like you know effectively Peyton Manning levels of being able to control an offense from the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think they're just a really solid team, um, and. Sure. They don't have a lot of their, their biggest weak point is is Brady, and it's just a question of like, does something freaky happen that causes him to go down? And if he does, well, then they're rolling out Blaine Gabbard, and they're probably a wild card team at best. Maybe, yeah. But everywhere except for the quarterback position, I think they have plenty of depth, um, and I think that it's a really strong team from top to bottom. Now, what? Do, how do you feel about? center going down and Brady traditionally having issues with pressure from the interior. That's a good point. And also, I think one of their guards just retired this last year. That might not be true. Um, was it Ali Marpet who was? Yeah, um, I think. And, um, but I, I think that they've done a, re- I think they have a reasonable, reasonable offensive line depth. I think, I think they're, you know, I don't know about center specifically. That mm-hmm. I know that can be a big problem for a lot of quarterbacks, sure. especially because Ryan Gentle was just so good. Right, exactly. Um, but you know, that's ideally that's the kind of thing that you're sussing out in in training right. camp, um, and so it remains to be seen. Um, and again, you know, it's the kind of thing where a big part of the thing, like calling protections, at this point, like Brady can call his own oh, protections. Yeah, like, yeah, so I'm not concerned about any of the the center knowledge base it's mostly just the physical attributes of the center and being in in step with the rest of the line exactly yeah i think i think and i think it hurts leonard fournette more than anybody more than brady probably um probably yeah but i think i think the buck should be okay there yeah all right okay so that's the first pick the second and third fall to me and i think i'm gonna start with taking the green bay packers to win the NFC North. Mm-hmm. I'm not super confident in their receiver core. Um, when you've just got Sammy Watkins and Al Lazard and Robert Tunyon as your, uh, I guess, top pass catchers that aren't at the running back position, right, then it makes me feel like Aaron Jones is going to be the top running back. Um, yeah, Christian Strong, I think, who, who I really liked because he was Trey Lance's top target out of North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Um Apparently hasn't done great as a rookie and might have a soft tissue injury, which is never a good sign. Um, so, yeah, I'm not super confident in the receiver core, but I just, unless the Vikings take a big step forward with, um, is it, is Hackett the Broncos or is Hackett, Hackett the Vikings? Hackett is the Broncos. Okay. Who's the Vikings new coach now? I should know this. And I it's don't. also a West Coast offense coach. Like yeah. it's a, it's a, from the Shanahan McVay tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless the unless with their new offense they take a huge step forward, I just don't see the Vikings necessarily like the Vikings like might be in closer contention than they were. But uh, I still think the Packers are the are going to be the top option. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, you know, I think that the Lafleur Aaron Rodgers uh, collaboration has proven that it's pretty strong. Um, I know that they got clowned on for not drafting receiver in the first round, but like I don't. I don't hate it because I think that they did draft for positions of need at their defense. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't think that there's a credible threat in the division. I have a massive soft spot for the Detroit Lions. I think they're going to be oh, a lot better here. this year than they were last year, but I don't think they're going to be able to unseat Green Bay. Well, I mean, you you might have a chance to, to draft them here. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then with the third pick, uh, because we're snake drafting, I'm going to go ahead and take the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, controversial. I, I had to take, even though I think that the Rams are probably the better team than the Packers, I had to take the Packers first just as a fuck you to Tyler so that the Rams got taken third. There you go. Yeah. Um, but this one's pretty self-explanatory. As long as Matt Stafford can overcome whatever sort of tendonitis he has in his elbow right now, like, I, I think that they have, not necessarily the inside track, I do think the Ram, the Niners can cause them trouble, but sure. I, I would, it would be very, very difficult for the Rams to not make the playoffs. I think that the division itself is up for grabs, but to not make the playoffs, I think would be very tough for the Rams. I generally agree. I, I don't. I think if the Rams don't face, you know, catastrophe, catastrophe for them is Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, or Matt Stafford going down. One of those three goes down, and like they're one of their linchpins of their main position groups goes down. Yeah, I, I think. I think barring that, 
I, I generally agree. I don't see them being less than a nine or a ten win team, which is probably good enough for a wild card slot at the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting one because that that does force me to make an interesting uh, decision about the NFC West later. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. And mm-hmm. you've got so uh, you've got your NFC South pick mm-hmm. on lock. Mm-hmm. You've got the West, East, and North as picks, and you've also got your wild card slots. If you did want to double dip on the NFC South this turn. Yeah, I could. Um, it's like we're playing Yahtzee. Exactly. Um, let's see. I am thinking here. All right. I'm going to start by taking the San Francisco 49ers as the NFC West winners. I have to do it too. Um, mainly because uh, I think this is going to be a bad year for Arizona, who I think is the other obvious contender. Sure. Um, Seattle, I don't understand Seattle um, because, like, Seattle, Seattle is, like, doing everything that they possibly can to be the guy standing on the press conference podium saying we're not tanking this year, while then secretly, like, going behind the <laughs> stage afterwards and be like, no, we're totally tanking this year. Um, their strategy is just strange to me. Draft mm-hmm. a running back in the second round, extend DK Metcalf, and don't address the fact that you have two guys at the quarterback position who probably shouldn't be starters in the league. Yeah, we're not here to talk about Seattle though. Um, San Francisco, great team. Um, you know, really solid from top to bottom. Has a lot of longevity in the coaching staff, and where they don't, it's mostly because their coordinators are getting offered jobs elsewhere, which sure. is a good sign. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of elements of their team. I'm weirdly the person I'm probably least sold on in San Francisco is Kyle Shanahan himself. Um, but uh, I really like your DC um, and uh, a lot of the other people. In, I liked your old DC too. Um, and uh, um, you know, I think I think it's a it's a solidly built team. Um, the Debo extension is is a good thing uh, coming. I do have significant question marks about Trey Lance, but sure. clearly the team feels confident enough to go ahead with him, which I they know much more about his quality of play than I do. Uh, and I would argue that they've already proven that they can achieve great things with not elite quarterback play uh, yeah. over the last couple yeah. of years. So, you know, even if this is kind of a learning experience, as long as he doesn't kill them, um, should be good. I will be most interested to see also what happens with a lot of the position players who didn't live up to expectations last year. I watched a lot of Brandon Ayuk film uh, recently to kind of figure out, like, why was somebody who I was so... I was really gunning for him in last sure. year's draft. And, you know, by the end of the season, he actually put together he a pretty good season. season. Yeah. I mean, he, he matched his rookie stats despite basically not playing for the first four games. Right. And that's what I... When I looked at the second half of the season, I was like, oh, this is the player that I wanted... Yeah. Really, I think it was from game eight onward. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is really good. And so I don't really know what happened there. I don't know if it was just like a, a, person, a, a personality issue. I think he kind of came into camp not super fit. And that might I wasn't, wasn't it, yeah. super happy with it. Because, I mean, he came in during the 2020 season when it, there was no rookie minicamp. And, like, like every training camp was shortened due to COVID. Sure. And then when he did come in the next season, things were still shortened. And... Uh, I think he had like a soft tissue injury early on, which also hampered his time. And so like, he just wasn't in great shape coming into camp mm-hmm. last year. And I think that really inhibited him in the first half of the season. Well, it didn't matter for the back half. Um, yeah. I, I think he's really good. I think um, the possible hot take for later. I think, I think he might actually be San Francisco's WR one still this year. Actually, I, I don't think that's too hot of a take. I, um, the other one I'm really interested in is is Trey Sermon, who obviously got a ton of hype in the offseason and got extremely limited snaps last year. Have you gone back and watched the snaps that he did get? I mean, I saw them live, and I've seen some of them since then. But Dude looks like he can play. He looks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it was like his first snap was like an eight-yard run up the gut, and then he got a concussion and lost the football. Yeah. And that was like the main issue with it. Um, apparently, according to Kyle, he's pretty cut and ready to come to camp. Like, yeah. He did a lot of work in the offseason. So, I mean, San Francisco's running back room is, like, pretty much the new version of Patriots running back room. But, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it, it's not never a bad thing to have more than one good person. Like, Elijah Mitchell proved last year he can play it's in that It's one system. of Mitchell, Sermon, or Ty Davis-Price. Yeah. And then, of course, there's always, like, there, there's always some, there's, like, hasty 
could be number four. Sure. Who knows? Yeah, he'll have one random week where he goes for 180 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson's still on the team right now. Is he? Man. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a lot of depth there, but it's all we don't know if there's any superstars. Exactly. And I'm I'm we've talked about him for a long time, but I'm I'm confident the defense is going to be good. Um, I mean, I do again, feel good about the defense, barring a ton of injuries, which has happened in the past, obviously. But, um, you know, the, I think the starters are solid all the way up and down the line. If I had questions anywhere, it might be... Uh, it's safety, safety or defensive interior. Yeah. Right, because it's like you've lost... Um, oh, who just went to the Broncos um, to replace the guy who went to the Rams? Um, I'm whiffing on my names now. But, yeah, you lost uh, some depth along the defensive interior. Uh, Javon Kinlaw comes back, mm-hmm. which maybe could provide a substantial... Like, a good replacement for them. Um I do like Drake Jackson on the edge. If Ebukam misses any time, you've mm-hmm. got Jackson, who I think is going to be a great player. Um, and then it's just you've got uh, Talano Hufanga, who is a second year coming into safety, not quite as athletic as Jimmy War- or as a Jaquaski Tart, but like hopefully he can catch that interception that Tart couldn't in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Um, I think the Niners' biggest issue is actually aside from like Trey Lance is a big question mark. I don't with his mobility I think his floor is really high so I'm not really concerned there it's mostly the interior of the offensive line where you lost Alex Mack you've got uh you lost Lakin Tomlinson mm-hmm. and then you have no one like it's Daniel Brunskill would be taking over at right guard and so like Brunskill was a mediocre center last year and an okay guard replacement um McGlinchey's coming back off off his ACL tear um Spencer Burford is a fourth-round rookie draft pick who's taking over at left guard. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron Banks, who like didn't get starting time last year, but allegedly was good enough to start. Um, so, but that means everyone along the interior, which center is looking like it's going to be Jake Brendel, um, is very, has very it's little playing time. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, I, I, I can kind of see that potentially being an issue, but if you are building this sort of outside zone run scheme, as long as your guys understand their place in sure. that scheme, you can probably mask a lot of that if they have sufficient athleticism. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen we've seen uh, them just kind of plug and play guards for a yep. while. I think center is going to be the hardest part to replace, though. Sure. All right, so that's the first of your two picks. Yeah, jeez. And we spent a lot, enough time on there. How about your second? Maybe a little bit less. Okay, um... I'm going to do something crazy. I'm actually going to go with wild card one. I'm going to go with uh, New Orleans. Um, right. Shit. <laughs> because uh, I think that New Orleans is a team very much on the cusp. Um, mm-hmm. I do not think that they... I, I had an argument with the, with the Saints fan recently about whether or not they could knock off Tampa Bay for the division winner. Obviously, I don't think they can. Yeah. Um, but... Um, and the biggest question for New Orleans, I think, coming into this season is revolves around... Well, there's there's two, but the main one is is you know what does this team look like without Sean Payton in control? Sure, which is something that we don't know. Um, but it's not like Dennis Allen is a newcomer to the team. Yeah, he's been there for what like fifteen years, some ungodly span of time as the DC. So like he knows everything. He knows everybody. Yep. He's been there for ages. Um, this is a team that generally has remarkable continuity at the staff, like all the coaching positions. Yep. Um, I mean, their GM has been there for ages. Sean Payton been there for ages. Their coordinators have been there forever yep. too, which is just kind of weird, yep. you know? Um, so I think for a team to lose their long tenured head coach, probably less of a disaster for them than almost anybody else. Yep. Um, I thought Jameis looked pretty good last year before he went down. Uh, obviously they, they started with, uh, an absolute demolition of a game and then kind of fell back to earth a little bit. But if you compared how Jameis was playing for New Orleans versus how he'd been for Tampa Bay, it was it was more controlled. He was making la- less kind of like hero ball, I'm being sacked and I'm just going to YOLO it to the end zone sort of throws than we'd seen before. Um, how much of that was Sean Payton? How much of that was, you know, the quarterback's coach? I think that's what, something we're going to need to find out. Yeah. But... If I think if if he can continue on that trajectory, we might see more of the first overall pick that we thought that he was going to be 
uh, going forward. And I'm like, nobody doubts his ability to sling it, right? It's just the, it's just the risk-taking that's out of control. He's like a better Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, and I think if they can get that under control, if Michael Thomas is back and healthy, obviously Alan Kamara's, Alvin Kamara is an absolute game-breaker sure. player. Um, they could challenge for the division, and I think they could be a strong wild-card contender. Uh, they... They almost were last year. They almost were last year. Um, they lost some star players to try to get back under the cap. Mm-hmm. They did a good job of replacing them. I thought their two-for-one safety swap this offseason was pretty that well was executed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like Jarvis Landry uh, as a former Browns fan. Jarvis Landry is like the definition of just a reliable target uh, for you in kind of the middle of the field. Um, there's a lot to like about this team. And, and I think, you know, depending on how some other teams handle uh aspects of their schedule they could be really strong going into the end of the year yeah i agree those are all really good points okay so that puts us at uh pick number five or no six which is me and seven so i think i think i'm going to go with the philadelphia eagles yeah that was who i was thinking about other than new orleans um yeah, that'll be my NFC East pick. I mean, and it's it's pretty simple, right? You, like the biggest question mark on the team, I feel like, is Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. But if you're going to test a rookie, like a second or what? What is he now? A third year quarterback? I think so. Um, and like giving him a top receiver in AJ Brown, having Devonta Smith is, then as your number two is a great way to test it. Yeah. They've still got a good backfield. They've got a good line. Like that defense looks like it might have been refreshed. So. I'm kind of in on the Eagles over the Cowboys. It was a toss-up, though, deciding between the two. I agree. I I think the Eagles are stronger. I think the Eagles have the best O-line in football at the moment. Um, They played last year losing both of their starting guards in the Mm -hmm. first couple weeks of the season and still were probably the most effective running team in the entire league. Um, And now, ideally, they're getting both of their guards back. Um, You know, they, they have probably the best center and the best right tackle in football. Um, their left tackle has been a project for years and it's working. Um, You know, he's only played professional football for like five years or something. And or just football in general, or football in general. Yeah. And, and it's working, which is incredible. Um, And so they get those starting guards back and then, and, but they have depth too, right? Because they've got now, because of the injuries last year, they've got people behind those starters who can step in if there is an injury. And I think if, so if you're, if your biggest question mark is quarterback, like, that's incredible, right? Because you have that line to enable that running game. You have that line yeah. to take pressure off of him and allow him to actually make reads, Yep. ideally. So I, I yeah. like the pick a lot. And I've, I've been impressed with Nick Sirianni. Yeah. I think of all of the... He was a rookie head coach last year, right? Yep. I think of all the rookie head coaches, I mean, I think he was the only one to make the playoffs. Um, I think so. But no, it was good. The thing that impressed me the most about him was adaptability because the way that mm-hmm. the Eagles' offensive scheme ran at the end of the year was not the same way it ran No, at the they were of the super pass-heavy to start and then yeah. super run-heavy. Yeah. They just did what worked. All right, so then my second pick, I'm going to try and put you in a bind here. Well, <laughs> and, and maybe fulfill your prophecy from earlier, I'm going to go with wild card one, the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, boy. All right. So you might get your chance to take the uh, right, Detroit I'm, Lions. I'm actually for it. I'm so for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Minnesota. I think it's, I think it's a pretty, I don't know. I guess a pretty easy sell, right? You've got Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. You've got Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah. That nucleus on offense, and I'm mean, plus Dalvin Cook. Yep. Just means that it's gonna be. It's it's really easy to sell me that their offense is gonna be good. I think the biggest question marks are on the defense. How much longer can Patrick Peterson hold up? Yep. Um, do you still have like a decent D line? Uh, with with your like defensive co- like your your head coach that was also effectively your defensive coordinator that was one of the best in the NFL and Zimmer like can your defense still hold up and that's I think the biggest question mark, which from a fantasy perspective might be a good thing for Jefferson if suddenly the Vikings have to be in shootouts every game, um, but yeah I think the Vikings are easily the number two team in the NFC North, and they almost made the playoffs last year. I think with a new offensive-minded head coach to take care of Jefferson, especially from the Sean McVay tree, and they've been talking about this, Jefferson's going to take on this Cooper Cup role, and we've seen how talented Jefferson is on the outside. Maybe a lot could be unlocked for him this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what does the Cooper Cup role mean? Like the same role that Cooper Cup played last year? He played last year, yeah. Cooper Cup ran like 
a ton of routes from like, from he, like the tight yeah, end yeah. position essentially. I yeah. don't think. But anyway, that that notwithstanding, yeah. Just, this is what Justin Jefferson said. That was that was yeah. So what he means is I'm going to get a lot of touchdowns. I, I, or just a lot of targets. <laughs> and a fat general. contract yeah. extension. Yep, yep. Exactly. okay. They're going to get their use out of him before they yeah. actually, actually have to pay him. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I have no qualms about this. I, I love watching those offensive skill guys play. I, I think that, um, you know, Adam Thielen has clearly become the number two. He is still lethal, especially in the red zone. He, has, he is one of the best, my, my favorite receivers to watch for the sheer ability to like create a target basically in tight quarters. I don't know how else to describe it. There's probably another word for it, but like he will be effectively covered and right. maneuver his body, especially in the end zone. So that there is a safe place to throw that pass. So why is such a good end zone threat? Yeah. yeah. It's really, really impressive. Um, Justin Jefferson is obviously just a transcendent talent. He's incredible. Uh, and the year that I had both of them was just so fun. Um, and, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook is very, very fun to watch. Um, it'll be fun to see if his younger brother has even an ounce of his talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins is my big question. I He is my least favorite part of watching the Vikings offense because he just does things where I'm just like, come on, man. Do you not see it? Like, and But, you know, he's fine. He's, yeah. he's fine. The, he would be a clear upgrade for, like, half the teams in the sure. league. Sure, yeah, so, yeah. No, I like this pick. All right, so now you've got the your NFC West, you've got your mm-hmm. NFC South, and you've got your wild card one. Give us your next two picks. All right. Um, I feel like... I'm thinking about who, who all my options are at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Because we're down kind of a little bit more to the wire. We're getting to the bottom of the barrel. There's like one or two good teams left, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm going to go NFC East Cowboys. Um, yeah. If you didn't, I would have. Right. The The biggest problem with the Dallas Cowboys is Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Um, I think that if they could just like put him into some sort of an alternate reality simulation where he believes that he's the coach and instead... The team is just run by Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. They would do so much better um, because I think Kellen Moore is is an incredible OC, and it's just kind of random because like he became the OC like straight out of being like their third string quarterback or something, right? Something just weird like that. Yeah, he might have been like an offensive quality control assistant for a year, and mm-hmm. then going into the, being the OC. But he's really rest, good. But yeah, he's good. He's, he's really good. good. I love his offensive system. I think he does a great job of designing of drawing up plays and and playing to the strengths of their players. Um, I didn't. Love the Amari Cooper trade. I understand that it was yeah. mostly for cap reasons. Yeah. Um, I thought Dan Quinn did a remarkably good job with their defense last year. Um, I I think that the love for Diggs as a corner is a little overblown. Um, I, I don't super love his kind of boom-bust style of, yeah. of playing corner. Agreed. Uh, but I don't think it matters because I think he's masking the presence of a really solid defense essentially everywhere else. Sure. By just making those splash plays, um, so yeah, I could I could easily see them winning that division. Uh, I don't know if I think they have the chops to make it to the Super Bowl per se. I think Dak is a good quarterback. Um, yeah. I don't think he's elite, yeah. maybe, but um, I think he's fine. Um, Zeke, I, yeah, Zeke. I have very mixed feelings about Zeke, but obviously they have Tony Pollard waiting in the wings. Zeke just makes me sad, man. If you watch him play, I think it's clear that like mentally he still has it, and physically mm-hmm. he doesn't. Like, I, I have seen plays where I, he's tried to make the cut and just can't do it. and it's it, running so hard. Yeah. Like he's gotten so many touches. Yeah. So That's like, been their MO since DeMarco Murray. Exactly. Just run the guy into the ground. And, and I think their line is really good. I don't think it's the elite line that it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, it's got some holes now. But uh, I think I would still put it in the upper half of the league. So I'd probably put it in the, the 15 to 10 range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's solid. Um, I'm so ready to talk about the Lions, but I think strategically speaking, uh, you're, you're not going to do it to me. So um, for wildcard two, instead, I had this a second ago. Who was I going to? Oh, yeah, I'm going to take Arizona. There you go. And here's the thing about Arizona. Um, they have a lot of really good players. 
I do not love Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I think that he is sometimes too clever for his own good. Mm-hmm. Um, he designs a really cool run game, which is a shame because his offense is geared so heavily towards passing. Uh, and I think that, you know, this is going to be a team that is going to be dangerous, but I don't think that their late season collapses are accidental. Uh, I think that Kyler Murray is good. I think he's very good. I think he belongs in the NFL. Um, I don't, no comment about his contract or anything like that. I think that whole thing was blown out of proportion. Um, but I, I do think that his game lacks a little bit of the polish that you need to make a really deep and convincing playoff run. Um, their running game concerns me because I don't trust James Conner to make it through an entire season. Um, I don't think that he's going to mimic the production that he made last year. Um, those are all the reasons I think they're bad. Here's the reasons I think that they're good. Uh, Kyler Murray is an electric player. Oh my God, is he fun to watch. Um, he is like, you know, the like Lamar Jackson, but like he flows like mm-hmm. in a way that Lamar doesn't, which mm-hmm. is just so fun to watch. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is meant for him as just this dominant, you know, possession type receiver who just goes up and wins. Sure. Um, and it's going to be real hard for them while he's out at the beginning of this year. Um, I think that when he's healthy, James Conner is a pretty good running back. I don't think he's incredible, uh, but I think he's fine. And I think fine is, is really what you need. I do think that they've lost a little bit by losing Chase Edmonds, but that's probably okay. Yeah. Um, I do have questions about the Cardinals line. Yes, absolutely. Because they... Their left guard and their center were going to... Well, their left guard was definitely going to retire in the Mm offseason. And then didn't. And then their center was maybe going to retire. And then didn't. Mm -hmm. And then they picked up a right guard from the Giants fire sale of all of the assets from the Gettleman thing. But they got a guy who couldn't even start for the Giants. Um, So the entire interior of that line is like... Maybe guys who either shouldn't be there or don't really want to be. Yeah. Um, and so you've got an incredibly mobile quarterback. So how much does that matter? Well, I, he got hurt last year and that's what killed this team, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it might matter a lot. Um, so, you know, barring injuries, I, I, I think that they'll probably be able to overcome the pressure. It is a bit of a bummer that without DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not sure they're going to get off to the same hot start that they did last year. They've got Marquise Brown though. They have Marquise Brown. I like Marquise Brown. Um, I know there's a lot of... Tyler would be livid right now. He hates Marquise Brown. Why? Because he's too small? Because he, he had Lamar Jackson last year and he saw how many how many deep passes Marquise Brown dropped. Okay. Yeah. And that's fair. But here, the way that I think about receivers is that in order to drop a pass, you have to be, you have to be open to get, yeah. and targeted. Yes. So that's you've already done two-thirds two of the job. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's one of the things that Marquise Brown is really good at is getting open, which is like the most important skill. Yeah. Um, so with DeAndre Hopkins back on the field, you know, you're going to have two guys who are going to demand pretty high-quality coverage. Yeah. And that's going to put defenses into a really tight position. And it's not like their other kind of ancillary receivers are... Uh, Rondell Moore. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how Rondell Moore develops. So, I think this is going to be a team that's going to be driven by its offense. And in the modern NFL, that's not a terrible place to be. Yeah, good points. All right, so we have the Cardinals. And who was your other team on that one? No, you still have. No, I I took the Cowboys. Cowboys and Cardinals. Yes. All right. Okay, so. uh, I think for my wildcard, too. Go ahead and just uh, pen in here the Detroit Lions. Oh my god, you're going to do it to me. <laughs> I wanted to talk about them so badly. You still can. <laughs> Please tell me why I took the Detroit Lions. <laughs> All right, you want me to? Please, go ahead. Um, I think this could be an elite offensive line. Uh, I think that I they have... Frank Rag now is definitely... If he can come back from his injury, he's he's a Pro Bowl caliber center. Um, Panay Sewell played pretty well for them, especially yep. in the back half of last year. Um, they're solid everywhere in that regard. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift is great. I think that uh, the line will help him. I kind of think even Jamal Williams is like he's it, good. Is, is good. He's good. He's good. Um, 
I think I think TJ Hawkinson is is also very good. I think he's been not able to display maybe the full depth of his talents. Um, and I liked their draft a lot this yeah. year. I think they had one yep. of the best drafts in the entire league. Yep. I think that I honestly thought that the Jags were going to take Aiden Hutchinson. Um, the fact that they got Aiden Hutchinson at number two is pretty incredible. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, I Jamison Williams was my favorite receiver in the draft. Uh, Second for me, I like Drake, ja- Drake London more. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jamison Williams, I think will be great. And more than anything, I think um, the, the most important thing that they have is, is Dan Campbell. Uh, I'm a huge Dan Campbell stan, and I think that if you are a team... Last year, I have to imagine, I'm not a professional football player, obviously. Losing that many games, the way that the Lions lost games has to suck. Because they lost a lot of games for dumb reasons. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, we didn't expect it to be a good team, right? People were pegging them for being one of the bottom tier teams after the Stafford trade. uh, Which I think is doing some disservice to Jared Goff. I, I think he's... He's not elite, but I don't think he's terrible. Um, he just needs things to be drawn up in a very specific way sure. to succeed. Um, and I think for that team to keep playing that hard and to keep giving people really competitive games is, I think, a testament to, in my opinion, what the most important job of a head coach is, which is being the person who is in control of that team and that locker room and that building Mm -hmm. and keeping everybody moving towards a common objective. And so I'm really excited to see what happens this year when hopefully they don't lose a bunch of really close games in stupid circumstances and have that kind of leadership at the top and have developed another year in the system and had a fantastic draft and... Yeah, I mean, I was I was very ready to make a case for them to win the NFC North. Now I have to do it for Chicago, which is going to be a lot harder. <laughs> it's not going to be as fun. I'm sorry to put it to <laughs> No, yeah, but you, you had to do it to me because I said you wouldn't. So yep. I don't blame you. Um, no, I'm I like low-key, I'm going to be rooting for Detroit a lot this year because um, I, I just think they're very fun. And I, I like that kind of like from zero to hero sort of apotheosis. And yeah. Uh, um, I do not think this team was as bad as their record. And so, like, I think they're going to be a lot better than that this year. Yeah. Well, cause we're in the, because we're in the NFC, there's, there might be a lot of zero to heroes that we have here. So, for my next wild card three pick... <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to go with the New York football giants. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and for three reasons. One, Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. Two, Kayvon Thibodeau. And three, Evan Neal. Like, their draft, like, the team before the draft, I wasn't super sold on. The team after the draft, plus having a new head coach who I really, really like and think can potentially get the most out of Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. I think could be a sneaky wild card team, especially in a typically chaotic NFC West or NFC East. So I think having two NFC East teams in my, obviously, NFC East winner and a wild card. I did debate between them and the, the them and the Washington Commanders a lot mm-hmm. um, because I think the Commanders pre-draft had more talent on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, like adding Carson Wentz, I think is an upgraded quarterback for them. Um, I really like their defensive line, but it was pretty baffling the step they took back last year. Yeah, it was very unexpected, and I, I just didn't totally understand. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with the team though that had kind of the the coaching change plus what I perceive to be a good draft um, and like a, a quarterback who I think is who I might take over Carson Wentz especially if he's in the right coaching situation. I hear you. Um, I actually don't hate having to talk about the Jets though because Giants. Uh, well, no, I'm presuming I'm gonna talk about the Jets. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah. but because so I I think you're right in as much as that. They had a really good draft. I also like Brian Dable, and I have high hopes for him. I am not completely out on Daniel Jones, but I am trending that way. I mean, he's Uh, the fastest quarterback in his draft class. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's what more can you ask for? Um, My biggest problem with the Giants this year, I love this as a pick for next year. Sure. Is is that that Dave Gettleman 
was probably my least favorite GM. Maybe maybe Trent Baalke, but no, probably Gettleman, actually. Um, and he left this team in such a weird state of not having a cohesive, like, strategy with any of the acquisitions and being in such a weird cap position that my biggest problem with them is they just they have zero depth they have absolutely no depth they're paper thin everywhere um and they've they've i think they did a good job of building a roster with the caveat that they had to be able to pay their rookies um but the fact that they were in that position and had to let a lot of guys go who were you know, either starting caliber players or solid depth from a practical perspective, you know, just the NFL being what it is, I think is going to cause them to, I think they're going to look really scary, you know, the the perennial term at the beginning of the season. And I think as, you know, just those little peripheral injuries pile up, Mm -hmm. they're going to really lose ground. And by the end of the year, it's going to be a struggle. And I hope that they, the, everybody is given a long enough leash by ownership to try to come back from that, which I hope, I think the last couple of years yeah. shows they probably will be. Uh, I, I just, I don't think this is their year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is why we're doing the NFC and it's just, it's not looking pretty once you get to the 14th best team yes. in the NFC. I think there's hope for big blue, but they need, you know, the the patient is not in the ICU anymore, but they're they're not out of the hospital yet. They're stabilized. But, yeah, yeah. All right, so you got your final two picks here. All you right, need someone in the NFC North, which I think we know who that is. Fucking let's go, Chicago Bears. Um, I'm so sorry for doing this to you. <laughs> uh, why will Chicago win the NFC North? Justin Fields takes injuries. a ton of steps forward. Yeah, and well, all the receivers they didn't get in free agency or the draft are going to be good. Oh, Lord. Um, I like Justin Fields. I, I do not think all hope is lost for Justin Fields. Sure. Um, I, I think that... Um, I don't think that everything... You know, people wanted to create this narrative that like it was all like Matt Nagy's fault. I don't think that's true. I do not think that Matt Nagy did him any favors. But Justin Fields also clearly was raw and did not react especially to pressure especially well all the time most rookies don't yeah he's also a rookie quarterback um and i think that there's a lot of uh still potential there um i was very worried about chicago's line but they have taken steps to address it uh they still probably do not have a good line But they maybe don't have the worst line in the league anymore. <laughs> um, so so that's good. Uh, so um, whereas before I was thinking that Justin Fields would be under pressure on every snap, now he might only be every under pressure other. on most of them. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, they have good running backs. I think that uh, I, I really like Khalil Herbert. Um, I, I think I think he's fantastic. Um, I think he should get to play more. I think it's very much a Pollard-Zeke situation uh, in waiting there. Except David Montgomery isn't nearly as good as Zeke. And- no, no. But he's, I think, a more similar player to what Zeke is now. And, and I think that there's a place for players like David Montgomery. So you're Montgomery. saying that Zeke is now bad enough that he's almost a David Montgomery level yes. of good. Yes, I am. Okay. But I also think that Khalil... And I, I think that Khalil Herbert is not as good as Tony Pollard, but I think they're similar <laughs> players. <laughs> yeah, both Dallas both Dallas running backs are better. Yeah. Um, but but I think I think that, you know, David Montgomery belongs on an NFL team, for sure. Sure. And and I think that Khalil Herbert has the potential to be actually a really electrifying player. Okay. Um, and that, I think, coupled with a fairly mobile quarterback, although I think that's a little oversold for um, Justin Fields, uh, it, it, it gives you options um, sure. that a creative uh, coach hopefully will be able to do something about. Um their defense, you know, it's fallen from its glory days of being a truly feared threat. Um, yeah. But there's still the bones of something workable there. Uh, I think that it's it's not an overly concerning unit. You know, I, I don't see them necessarily as a just a tissue tissue paper uh, team. I thought their draft was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Justin Fields will turn into a world beater, and that's how Chicago will win the NFC North. Sure. Yeah. Um, I put you in a really tough position, though. I'm, I'm very proud of you for having found a way to justify it. Sort of. Yeah. I, I feel 
Honestly, um, I, I think really looking at the NFC North, I think that I, I do not I, I do not see Chicago winning as a as a likely outcome, but I could see them being not last. I I think, and this is maybe a hot take. I think Minnesota could be last. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's but, a hot take. But I don't think that's a likely outcome. Yeah. You know, I think just like it's not impossible. Sure. Okay, and then um, this one I'm really excited for. Wild card three. Wild card three. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Jets. I'm gonna take the Jets. Actually. Wrong conference. Shit. <laughs> I was thinking New York football. I tried, but if the Jets were in the NFC, <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably take the Jets too over most of the rest of the NFC. Fuck. Um, all right, who else do I have? Let's see. I could pick Seattle, but I'm not going to. You well, can pick Seattle. Um, that might be. You got Seattle. You've got the Falcons. You've got the Panthers. Mm-hmm. You've got Washington, who I kind of thought would be the last pick for like who I kind of thought would be the pick. Uh, um. Yeah, part of me wants to be spicy and pick the Panthers, but I, I don't think that's actually true. I don't I, I think that they're better with Baker Mayfield. I don't think that they, they've gotten to that level of good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see the Baker Mayfield revenge tour this year. Um, and I think he has it in him. I mean, I, I still think that Baker is like a middling quality quarterback NFL wide, um, but... I think the Panthers have structural problems beyond that that are going to be problematic. Um, and they haven't really done a good job of addressing all of them. Although their draft wasn't horrible. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, um, yeah I guess I do have to pick Washington. Um, okay, I don't think Carson Wentz is that bad. I think that... Um, I agree. I, I don't think he's that bad. I think he played okay last year. I think he left a really bad taste in our mouths at the end of sure. the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's why a lot of people are super down on him. But I think if you look at the body of work within the Colts, he was competent. Um, I do think that his play was a little misleading because his interception total was a lot lower than it probably have ought been. have yeah. been. Um, so he takes a lot of risks. He also has Terry McLaurin now, who is like everything that Michael Pittman wants to be plus some. Yeah. I think McLaurin is one of the best receivers currently in the NFL. I think that if he played well with Heineke and um, whoever else Washington was running at quarterback last year, Fitzpatrick, kind of? No, he got hurt like super early, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. He did. Who else did Washington play at quarterback? Was it, it, was, was, it, was uh, it the Taylor Heineke show the entire Taylor year? Heineke. I think, I think most of the year was Taylor Heineke. Let me look that up. Okay, well, Carson Wentz is better than Taylor Heineke. And Terry McLaurin was still good with Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Um, and I think, and so, so that gives me a lot of hope. Um, Antonio Gibson is a puzzling player to me. I like Gibson. I like him. I like when he plays football and doesn't make mistakes. (laughs) I don't like that he has problems with ball security and problems with blitz pickup and problems with a lot of sort of the ancillary things that you kind of want your running backs to be able to do. It was Taylor Heineke for the vast majority of the season. 16 games. 15 started. So Carson Wentz is a clear upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Yes, I agree. Um, I was was close on on Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You you mentioned earlier that their their defensive line uh, fall off to us is perplexing. Yeah. And and I yeah I agree it it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I hope that a another year of trying to get that system to gel will make it a little bit better. Um, Washington, the way that I see it, their biggest problems are going to be uh, Carson Wentz. I think is the kind of quarterback who used to be able to win you games, and now is the kind of quarterback who can lose you games. And I think he's still mentally readjusting to that. Um, so that could be problematic for them. Um, and then. I just I don't want this team to succeed because <laughs> because their ownership is obviously hugely That's problematic yeah. and uh, but yeah I mean I think I think that they're 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 a solid choice and they've got assets on both sides of the ball that can make a solid contribution and you know if you think about what kind of record it's going to take like what do, what do, what do I have broken out here I have so they they would be second in their division and they would. They would have to be ahead of Philly and somehow L.A. And yeah, yeah. I mean, 
we're not getting neither of us are going to be perfect in yeah our, in our stranger stranger things have happened um you know i i, I don't think a i don't think that a, a nine and eight record is out of the question for them no they were seven and ten last year yeah so um you know that that could be good enough to end up with a wild card slot yeah. and uh they could potentially do some damage all right <laughs> So now you... So first off, let me say, I am elated <laughs> that the Seattle Seahawks have not made our list. That tickles me pink to no end. Um, so now I have the NFC, the difficult choice in the NFC South of going with either the Atlanta Falcons, which, whose head coach I like much better, but aside from their options at receiver mm-hmm. and tight end, I'm not really thrilled on. Mm-hmm. Um, or I've got the team whose quarterback I like more in the Carolina Panthers, but whose head coach I just am not a fan of. Me neither. Yeah, ba- Baker and Atlanta but I think I'm gonna go on the, I think I'm going to go on the, the Baker Mayfield revenge tour. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think that Baker just being, yeah. Ba- Baker being doubted, I'm hoping just lights a fire. If you can get a full season out of Christian McCaffrey again, mm-hmm. if that defense that they've been working on can finally like come to fruition a little bit. Um, you've got some good options at receiver too. I mean, it might yeah. be better than like you might have a better receiving core if you include Christian McCaffrey in the receiving core than you had with the Browns. I don't think the line is going to be anywhere near as good, and I don't think no. and the the coaching isn't nearly as good as Stefanski. But some of the pieces at receiver might be better, which maybe makes an argument for this being the. Uh, I mean, I have them as the winner of the <laughs> NFC North on mine, which I don't feel confident about at all. But I could see, like, I think they do have an argument to be a wild card three or two. Or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I... The, so obviously the Cardinals season, or not the Cardinals, the, the Panthers season is going to be, is going to hinge around... You know, A, is Baker back to his full form? And, you know, so obviously I, I've watched a lot of Baker Mayfield and, and he can do very frustrating things. But, like, when he's in his groove, like, he is just fun to watch and just a, an absolute killer. I mean, I think about, um, well, they, they lost this game against the Chargers, but did you watch their game against the Chargers last year? I actually haven't. The fourth quarter was just the offense is marching down the field going. It was very, like, Chiefs-Bills-esque mm-hmm. and just going, like, straight toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense, which we all think is fantastic. Um, yep. And they did lose in the end, but it was, like, a 45-42 game where, like, both teams scored three times in the fourth quarter. Um, and uh, just his absolute demolishment of the Bengals, like, four times in the last two years um, have been absolutely fun to watch <laughs> uh, the 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 one last year where he started with like oh what what was it like int two incompletes and then didn't in, didn't miss a pass for the rest of the game and ended up with like five tds oh, was yeah. just like was awesome yeah. um so like there's a lot of potential there you, you he does have to be coached i think properly to get the best out of him um it's going to be very interesting to see can mccaffrey stay healthy because i think yep. if that happens that gives that offense room to maneuver I don't like their line. Um, they nope. did take some steps to address it in the draft. They sort of took some steps to address it in free agency. Um, that could be concerning because if you have a quarterback who is it's coming very back, very line from, dependent. Yeah, yeah, very line dependent. Coming back from, coming from injury, injury, little on the shorter side, does better when he can roll out. Yep. Um, that's concerning. You have a running back who doesn't like need a line, but is coming back from injury. So, like, ideally, he's not six, seven games in the last two seasons. Yeah, you'd like him to have a little bit of room to do something, maybe protect himself slightly. Um, I agree with you. I'm not a huge Matt Rule fan. I I think that you know it's nice that he's gotten enough of a leash as he has to try to, you know, develop his thing. And this, I think, is truly his make-or-break year. And and I think that's what the Baker Mayfield acquisition is intended to be, is, like, we're, you know, we're, we're going to give you one more chance if the problem has been quarterback play. Here's a quarterback who's probably at least the average at worst. Yeah. Um. Let's see if you can go out and, you know, win 10 games or whatever. I don't know what, I don't know what Matt Rule's goal is. I don't know what David <laughs> Tepper's goal is for this year. Uh. But I wouldn't be too surprised if they don't. Sure. And, you know, I know that, like, the Mayfield deal is essentially, like, a one-year thing, so I'm not sure he'd be super surprised if he wanted it. I wouldn't be terribly surprised, to be honest, if 
the Panthers have maybe uh, Panthers go maybe say six and eleven or seven and ten. Matt Rule gets fired, and Matt Ryan retires, and Baker Mayfield gets to go to the Colts anyway, the place he wanted to go in the first place. Um, yeah. Yeah, roundabout way of. I mean, I do. Th- yeah, I do think that that would have been a good replacement for, like, that would have been a good addition to the team. You get the same thing you got in with the Browns: a strong run game, yep. a good line, yep, solid receivers, yep. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where he wanted to go in the first well, place. We'll but, see. We'll yeah. see if we address that in our twenty twenty three podcasts. <laughs> All right. So we really left the bird. Aside from the Eagles, we re- we really left the bird teams out to dry. That's with true. the Falcons and the Seahawks being the last two kids picked on our schoolyard pick'em. I just don't get the Seahawks this year. I, I just I just don't I don't think you. I do like the coaching of those teams, right? I like Pete yeah. Carroll. I like Arthur Smith. Sure. But it was the ta- it was a talent issue, right? And a quarterback issue. It's a quarterback issue. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I-, I think the Falcons could be a good team with anybody else under center. Um, we'll see if either of them trade for Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah. I think the Fal- I think the Falcons with Jimmy G would have made one of our lists. Oh yeah, I agree. I actually think I, I probably, probably would have taken him over the Commanders. Yeah, I would take him over the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Seahawks to Jimmy G, I don't think I would have just because I don't think Jimmy G and DK Metcalf as their top option are or Tyler are Lockett, compatible. You know, like good style fits. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that wraps up our NFC team draft. Um, I think just the last thing we did is you had a hot take for us. Ooh. This will be a hot sauceless hot take. Hot sauceless hot take. So not quite as spicy, but spicy enough. So why don't you give us that, and then we will wrap it up. Should I go with my Minnesota could end up last in the NFC North take? Because I don't. That one's not sure. super fleshed out. Whatever you want. Um. No. How about actually? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with um my for my spiciest take. I'm gonna go with uh, the Cardinals could end up being last in their division. Um, I like this. And I think I think that the all the ingredients that you need for a collapse are are there right okay. now. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a rough start for them with okay. uh, Hop- not having Hopkins. Not having Hopkins, so they're going to be relying on Marquise Brown, who's new to the system. Sure. It's a very different system than he ran in Baltimore. In Baltimore yep. Um, You've got you know Kyler Murray coming back from injury. This is not a comment. I I don't the second year in a row coming back from injury. Yeah. Not not a comment on his contract. I think that whole thing was overblown. But um, and I I really I I'm kind of disenchanted with with Cliff as a coach. Yes, um, I agree. And I think that losing Chase Edmonds to me that was like the style fit with their run game. Sure. I know that James Conner got all the touchdowns, but the guy who moved them between the twenties. Was, was not James Conner, yeah. And and Eno Benjamin has been like sitting there quietly as the third running back for like years now and never really lived up to the promise that his boosters have given him. Um so the scenario would be, you know, the year starts out and and defenses have figured out how to contain Kyler. Marquise Brown doesn't provide sort of the dominant target that he needs in order to really, you know, keep the team moving. Um, teams can stack or not. Well, they won't be able to stack the box because of the design of the offense, but teams are able to stop Connor. Uh, and I don't think this is a team that can win off the back of its defense. They're not going to win just getting field goals and trying Maybe to last stop year they people. could have because they had a good defense last year, but I just don't think it's going to, they're, they're too old now. Yeah. And I lose Chandler Jones. And I know that, you know, we just shat on the Seahawks for their quarterback situation, but like, with I kind of think Pete doesn't think he needs a quarterback. Same, right? Yeah. I think they want to go run heavy. Mm-hmm. They they're just looking for a quarterback that they can use to move manager. the chains. And like I think they want to go back to twenty twelve a twenty twelve Russell Wilson style of well, defense and offense. And I mean, can you imagine? Just, and they've always been efficient. Can you imagine just like cop just playing DK like he's Debo? Like it? You tell me that wouldn't work? Like. It could, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you like. I mean, I don't. Th- I think he's a little too big of a person to easily run between the tackles. Mm-hmm. Maybe doesn't have the vision that Debo does. But if you're running him and he can get a full head of steam, he's going to be a tough guy. Uh, and you need four or five yards. He's going to be a tough man to bring down. Yeah, exactly. He's just too big. Yeah. So you know, I I could see the Seahawks surprising everybody by it being a team that 
you know, they're probably not going to push for a deep playoff run. And I, I don't think that's their plan this year, but they might be a very tough out unless they really are in full tank mode and their plan is just to get, you know, a very high quarterback pick and go on an absolute tear next year. I but, still think at the best the Niners are going one and one against the Seahawks. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't I don't think the Seahawks the only team in the division that the Seahawks I think in their wildest dreams could sweep would be Arizona, hence the reason for the take. Sure, yeah. Um and that would be just capitalizing on offensive mistakes and grinding them out in the kind of attrition based game that I don't think Arizona's set up to win. Yeah. So Yeah, I agree. That's a good take. You sold me. <laughs> and I kind of hope for it too. Like just if, the question if the Cardinals... of which of your division rivals would you rather see humiliated? Oh, man. I mean, I'd love to see the Seahawks humiliated. But if the Seahawks can also miss the playoffs and the Cardinals can miss the playoffs too and take fourth place, I will absolutely take that. I think that's a very realistic yeah. scenario. Yeah. What What is it going to take to to miss the playoffs in the FC? See, that's the thing. And I know you want to do a whole podcast about this, but like we're, we're used to you know, the situation of like the NFC West where it's, you know, week 15 and like three of the teams are five and nine and we're like, sure. oh my God, somebody could make the playoffs at like six and 10 this year or whatever. Yeah. Um, but realistically speaking, what do you need for a top team to miss the playoffs? Like, like what, what is, what is the worst record that you can actually, if you're in the NFC West to get to a wild card slot, you probably need at least nine, nine wins. And eight. Yeah, yeah. I think nine and eight. You need to have a winning record in the, in the NFC West. Yeah. Now, if you're talking about like the AFC or sorry, the NFC East, I think you can probably win the division potentially with a, with a, a 10 seven record. Yeah, probably. But so, I mean, for if you if your goal is you well goal if your aspiration is that you want Seattle and Arizona to both miss the playoffs, but those could both easily be seven and ten, eight and nine teams. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, even without especially major going against injuries. the AFC West this this year, yeah, I think that that's a that for some teams that could be a, a four like a four game loss for the Seahawks and for the the Cardinals. Could be. Could be. Yep. I mean, I've, I've that's made my, be... in my estimations with the Niners, I've put them at two and two against the AFC West. Sure, and that I think is a little hopeful, just based on how good that division is. Yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, I think you know the it's it's going to be a very interesting division for sure. Yeah, um, I, I definitely have questions about actually mainly the Broncos and the Raiders out of those those teams, but yeah. All cool. right. Well, thanks for coming on, Weston. Yeah, it's I, I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm now up to speed enough that I actually can speak intelligently about football <laughs> things. So I really I really don't think about it very much between about the draft and August. Well, we'll uh we'll have to have a podcast in the next couple of weeks and get you, me, and Tyler on and we can discuss some of those NFC AFC West or the NFC AFC takes. That would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Cool. Thanks, bud. Catch you later. Catch you later.